my father came to visit me. I must have been in class four. And he stayed uh, a weekend with me at the school guest house. On the Monday morning, he said, okay, I'm going back to Calcutta, go back to school. And I remember I had forgotten, I think, a couple of my school, some, some stuff back in the uh, school guest house. So I went back to the guest house and my father had checked out by that time. They hadn't cleaned the room yet. So his, so his imprint with the shape of his head was still on the pillow. I remember lying down in that imprint and getting his body odor, just taking it all in. Um, and he used to use Pond's Dream Flower Talc, which is the powder. So I could, I could smell his sweat and his, you know, and I just, I just lay down there and I cried because I missed my father so much at, at that moment, you know. Um, I, and I want fathers out there, whoever's listening to this, just to hold on to your child, um, to, to tell them that you, you love them. And it's not, a, it's not an unmanly thing to say, I love you. Hello friends, welcome back to the part two of my conversation with Anirban, aka AB. In the first episode, we heard AB share his stories of his childhood, his becoming a dad, how he and his wife Iram brought the passion of art, creativity and music to raise their son Kabir, and discovered Kabir's own passion for music. In this episode, AB goes on to describe Kabir's middle years as a child trials and tribulations of raising kids navigating between their own passion and societal expectations. He also goes back to recollecting his own memories with his father and ultimately leaves us with one of the simplest yet mostly forgotten human expressions between fathers and children, simply telling our children how much we love them as often as we can. Because you never know how much those words will mean to them, especially at times when they're struggling or going through a tough time. Hope you enjoy this conversation and feel the beauty and blessing of being a father. Yeah, I remember at this point, uh, if I were to just sort of switch gears a lot, a little bit rather, go to another aspect of, you know, you're spotting his curiosity or rather interest in music, right? Uh, he's a musician now and we'll get to that. And I remember around around that time, four or five years old, did you spot some sort of inkling and some curiosity around music? Yeah, man. We, in a Bengali household, you know, we have to have some kind of cultural, you know, beginnings for the children. So whether it's painting, you know, or piano or poetry or something or the other. So we introduced Kabir to the piano uh, when he was about five-ish, I think. And we were very pleasantly surprised because he just took it to like, you know, to fish to water. And we realized he had a, he had a natural uh, sense of music. Like I could sing him a tune and by the age of six or seven, he could play that on the piano. So we realized that he was very musically inclined. And then, of course, as he got older, so, so we decided to do it seriously with him and we got him a teacher. So there was, a, there was an elementary teacher, but we got him a senior teacher. Um, and who introduced him to the ABRSM module, which is like Trinity, which is the other school. And uh, he then, for the next, I think, six, seven years, he studied piano. 
and he went on to do grade eight of jazz and grade eight of classical piano and all of that. So were there any confusion, doubts in any of your minds between you and Iram about how deep should he go into music? Because that's still a pretty young age, right? Six, seven, eight. Or you just decided to kind of throw him at the deep end of music, if you will. No, so it started off as a hobby. Uh, or in what in yep. Mumbai we, co- we call time pass. You know, something to do, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, twice a week. When you're not busy. doing what you should be doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep him busy. Introduce him to something. You know, we wanted to expose him to as many things as possible. You know, which a lot of the kids don't get in India. We are so stuck in freaking tuitions only, you know. It's a rat race. We didn't want that. Iram and I found this um, school called MET, uh, Rishikul Vidyalay, right, um, which is in Bandra. And they do a lot of holistic teaching. So they have something called the mother and toddler. So from the age of two, three, you can go, you can hang out with them. So they do a lot of music. They let the kids play in the mud. So a lot of flashcards, talking in different languages. Very experiential and experimental, right? Yeah. And the yeah, kids are yeah, just let yeah. to dance, you know, bare feet in the mud, do what you want. So it's something Just express he themselves. To, yeah. He really yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, credit to Iram for finding it out. Um, you know, they say, you know, Rishikul says that if you keep talking to a kid in multiple languages, by the time he's five or six or he or she is five or six, they can talk in multiple languages. They can actually speak uh, in but we languages. Did, yeah. yeah, yeah, they can become a polyglot. Uh, yeah. But I didn't, we, of course, we didn't want to do that. We saw Kabir coming into himself, you know. He used to love going to, uh, you know, these uh, classes. And then we put him to Kangaroo Kids, which is the only other option we used to have in those days. And then his, and of course, the other thing which Iram did, and again, full, full credit to her, uh, were flashcards. Uh, with words and stuff. So Kabir, by the time he was two, he was reading. Okay, so by the time he was two, he was reading. And we couldn't keep pace with him. He had to read books, which as a you know Bengali father, I was as so a, as happy. A, as a Bengali father, yeah, could not be anything more pleasing than that. And of course, me, I was going through my own childhood, how I used to love reading. Right. And uh, yep. and reading was a habit which my grandmother introduced to all of us because she got married at the age of 12 or 13. And so she missed yep. out on her schooling. Formal education. So, yep. yeah, yeah. So she went into a panic saying my children and my grandchildren shouldn't uh, become illiterate. So she introduced telling us stories from the day we were born. She taught us how to read. So that love for language, literature, words has gone into four, three, four generations now. You know, it's so deep rooted and seeded into us, the love for language and reading. I remember my grandmother, I used to sleep between my grandfather and my grandmother. My grandmother used to be telling me stories and my grandfather used to be scratching my back or playing, you know, massaging Scratch my head so that I could go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, pam- pampering, you know, full pampering totally, going on. Totally, You know, and... Totally. So Kabir, because of flashcards and all of that, started reading very early on. Um, so, so that helped in childhood and upbringing. 
So Iram would like focus on some of these tools and some of these, mm. you know, new ideas. I, and yeah, and I used to be the joker. I would play the fool. So so that was something that really helped. Uh, so piano, piano was again then then it, the, his piano playing opened up our eyes, and we realized that he was God gifted in a, in a sense. Well, that's because you give sort of window to for him to express himself, right? Like there are so many kids out there who might be like that, but probably never got tapped, right? Yeah, so credit to you both to have spotted it and to give vent uh, and a window for him to express those. Mm. And yeah, and uh, then of course, we you know, once uh, the middle school took over, then I think his life got jacked. Um, our education system is so screwed. Uh, you know, we are into a rat race. We sort of push the child so much, then their natural abilities get uh, you know buried under trying to fulfill the curriculum or fulfill the syllabus. He sort of then in the middle school, he faced a bit of difficulty, especially class six, seven, eight is when the study is becoming a pressure. You know, homework, handwriting, all of the nonsense started happening and he sort of went yeah and he started going into a shell you know which we 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 noticed and we tried to tell him that it's okay it's okay it's okay those were the days when he would get frustrated at school and he would lose his temper and and what what would go on in your mind on abi because i know you were in a you know relatively non-traditional space thank thank god for that right both both uh, you and iram and and in spite of that, I'm, I bet did you do you feel some pressure of yeah yeah of course. Well, my my son, my son is not going into that academic. What is he going to do? How did you reconcile that with his passion and understanding him truly? Mm, I wasn't like so scared about him not going into academics or being good at it. I just wanted him to keep in keep up, you know. And sure, you know, even though I'm from an unconventional background and you know all this. Right, you know all of this uh, choo choo papa, all of this you know my God's <laughs> upbringing and all that shit. But even then, right. I used to scold him. You know, I mm. I became that traditional asshole parent. You know, uh, you telling did, you, him you did. Of course, I think couple of years I mm. sort of be, under the pressure. His teachers mm. telling uh, you know in in the in the teachers PTA telling oh Kabir is not doing his work and I used to come back and say come on man Kabir what what's I I fucked up in those two years mm. you know I completely became thanks, the, thanks the, for being honest about it yeah yeah I I fucked up I fucked up in those two three years that I I used to scold him saying what, is your handwriting's getting bad or you're not doing your homework and. Uh, not realizing that he probably had some, um, uh, you know, learning difficulties, which I did not acknowledge yes. at that point of time. So I became that asshole parent, you, uh, you know, which you know we, yeah, we see you, all around us. We have seen in our lives. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. You know, the 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 Tare Zamipar, uh, dad. Uh, much later is and uh, uh, I, and how would how would mom how would mom react to that? Uh, mom was far more uh, sensitive to it. Mm. You know, as moms are prone to be. Yes. Usually, usually. Again, again, yeah, I don't usually, want to get yeah. cancelled. I don't want to get cancelled. Correct. Saying dad, saying, "Oh my God, how can yeah, you?" Yeah, don't talk don't like want to be this? like a sweep, yeah sweepingly like a gen- you know, generalizing. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it. But yeah, but but moms. It. I mean, let's face it. Moms have a greater bond with sons than we ever will have. Their natural a son's natural instinct is to go for the mom. 
you know, yeah. uh, or, as, or as a mom say, you know, we carry the child for nine months. What else do you expect? You know, yes. uh, they've been yeah. speaking to each other even before they were born. They've been communicating right. with each other before even the kids come into the world, man. You know, their radio yes. frequencies yes. are alike. They're, they have some different kind of signals that we will never have. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, we should not try to be like, wow, moms are right. They have a way yeah. to tap into the child, mm. which we, us dads will, yeah. you know, maybe we won't be able to, and that's okay. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll connect with them in different ways. Yeah. You saw Iram being more sensitive, right? Mm. Uh, did did that tell you something? Did they, did that make you rethink like how you were being? So one of the biggest things I think which happened, I did something called a Landmark Forum. I don't know whether you're familiar with that. Yep. Yeah. So so Landmark kind of, Forum. Yeah, yeah. So I did about three yeah. or two modules of that. A lot of people think it's scam and all of that, which you know all of these self help things are supposed to be and. All of that. So I decided, even if it's a scam, I'll take whatever I can out of it, right? I went in also with with skepticism. I also said, "Arey, yar, ye to paisa banane ka wo hai." But there were certain things that they really taught me, and one of the biggest things was something happens to a child at the age of three or four, something happens to the child at about eight or nine. and something happens to the child about 12 13 these three are their core memories and these three memories define the child or define how they become and what happened to me was once i'd done the the landmark forum i came back and i and i i hugged kabir and i remember this um, in the same room that i am in right now i i hugged kabir and i said and of course see as an indian parent we walloped our kids okay but i've never like walloped like hard maybe a tap on the bum or you know threatening them or you know all of that you know uh, because i was mercilessly beaten by my parents you know like nicely like nicely walloped i i still remember my mother chasing me with a ruler and me running and then she going out of breath and giving up <laughs> because she i was running and running and poor thing she and her uh, you know girth gave up uh, after my, some time my mom has broken more churis beating me up than in any other way <laughs> so <laughs> you know i mean you can uh, laugh about it and yeah, uh, but nah, yeah, i hear yeah. you that was all legit back back then yeah, yeah, my, my, yeah, yeah like my my father's backhand was lovely like a tt backhand tap on my face oh <laughs> you know and i remember once he hit me so badly he used to wear these astrological rings on his finger so one of the rings left an imprint on my cheek you know uh, oh my god yeah 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 so that's, but of course he came Anyways. back and he he came and hugged me all of that i'm sorry and you know but it was oh, okay to hit the child nice. at those days um so i i took kabir in my arms and i told him i am never ever going to hit you till the day i die you know or in your childhood i am never going to do that and he didn't understand How old was he? he must have been 6ish yeah 6ish and he and he didn't know yeah and he didn't know why i was telling him but and i and i told him i said i'm never ever going to hit you and for all the times that i've hit you or scolded you i'm sorry it was my fault it was my fault and and i shouldn't have done that and uh i was i was the one who was mistaken 
um, you are not at you, you are not at fault, right? Yeah, you are not at that fault. That is huge. I failed to understand you. I'm so, so again, glad ooh. that you did that, and I'm thank you for sharing that. It's a, it's a powerful yeah. story. It's uh, you're fucking making me cry today, Subhashish. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I um, oh. I I know it, we are visiting places that you know somewhere buried, but you know these conversations bring them alive. But I, I must thank you because it's difficult. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I'm so. But it's glad a, lot, I it's had... a big lesson for all all the parents out there to to see that it's okay to go to your child and say, "I'm sorry, I I fucked up, or I failed, or I didn't know enough." It's it's no ego, you know. We are not there to control our children. Our, our, our children have their own way of thinking. We cannot make them mirror images of us. Uh, we cannot yeah. expect them to be uh, fulfilling our own dreams or our, our own unfulfilled dreams and wishes and and you know wh- whatever they bring with them their own destiny they bring with them their own wishes their own character their own their calling own whatever yeah, yeah. I, I, at best we can give them a great upbringing a loving caring nurturing upbringing uh, show them what is good and what is bad what is right and what is wrong uh, in a certain sense again right or wrong i don't want to get into because that is also prejudiced according to your own upbringing life experience yeah, yeah. and life experiences um uh, you know like for example uh, uh, pa- parents belonging to the 90s will probably say oh being gay is wrong you know so so i don't want to get into right or wrong but give them a nurturing environment and keep telling them you love them i think that's something we indian parents uh, or parents don't I, I think, do enough yeah we yeah. don't vocalize we do i know Correct. parents i know i know kids whose fathers have never hugged them so when i when i when i've told them that i used my father used to hug me i still remember my father came to visit me i must have been in class 4 or yeah class 4 and he stayed Uh, a weekend with me at a guest house at the school guest house and then uh, he said okay on the monday morning he said okay i'm going back to calcutta go back to school so i went back to school and i remember i had forgotten i think couple of my school some some stuff back in the uh, school guest house so i went back to the guest house to pick it up and my father had checked out by that time right of the of of the hotel of the guest house uh his imprint was left on the bed right where his bed was right it was two single beds right so his they hadn't they hadn't cleaned the room yet so his, so his imprint with the shape of his head was still on the pillow and i remember lying down in that imprint and getting his body odor you know just taking it all in um and he used to use pond's dream flower talc which is the powder we never had dios in those days right and so i could so i could i could smell his his sweat and his you know and i just i just lay down there and i cried because i missed my father so much at at that moment you know um i and i want fathers out there whoever is listening to this just to hold on to your child um 
to to tell them that you you love them and it's not a it's not an unmanly thing to say i love you to your child yeah or to you know, to hurt them you know to or to or, yeah it's your child you know uh, you must love them you must tell them you don't know what your child is thinking or what what he or she is going through at that moment in 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 their life maybe they need that assurance maybe they need a little push maybe they need that support at that point of time so hug hug you know hug them and uh, you know tell them i you know you you love them i remember kabir was was okay so this is another story kabir was doing judo and and at one evening i went to pick him up uh, from his judo class and he came out on the road and i said hey just listen just stand here i'm just going to the shop which is here it was just like in front of the pavement only i said i need to just buy some bread or something and i came out and i saw this guy um, a drunk homeless kind of guy you know uh, talking to kabir and you know touching him on his shoulder and and my panic just hit the roof all my childhood trauma of being sexually triggered. abused came oh yeah. man it got triggered i threw the eggs bread down yeah i was petrified i just went and i confronted this guy and i started and i'm not a violent kind of guy i'm i'm bangali i'm scared of fights i will argue with you till kingdom come but i will never hit <laughs> you know and and kabir who was about 7 he didn't know what was happening he didn't know what what the hell was going on yeah he'd never seen this avatar you know uh, of me and uh, and the guy i said what did he tell you he said he was offering me sweets and that triggered something else in my head even and more blah, worse blah, blah. yeah worse fears yeah. and worse trauma in you right yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, so then then i took him to the cop station i dropped kabir to the house and i took another guy who had stopped by and we took him to the cop station and and that was the funny thing when i realized that there are no laws for sexual abuse of male children okay male children yeah so this was yeah this was 80 this was um 2000 2000 7ish 2008 2007ish i don't know if there are laws now but the cop said unless there is penetration we can't book him or arrest him and that just oh drove me wild what i'm saying what kind yeah. of a fucked up system is this you know sexual abuse is Gosh. not just about penetration it's about touching it's about uh, you know priming somebody it's about doing so many other things yeah. to a child and more yeah. so it's a male child they're even more sort of unprotected by yeah any law right like as if nothing nothing wrong can happen to them yeah yeah i was actually because you're telling the story i was thinking of your childhood story right and during the course of your being a parent and i don't know if you ever been if you have ever had the opportunity to process that trauma and heal heal that those wounds how did you overcome those uh, i know that this trigger is one of the examples in which it can just manifest right and i can only imagine how you would have had to confront the childhood quietly painfully in order to 
you know, be the father that you wanted to be, you know? As a, as a parent, I think in the initial years, I was overprotective. I was petrified. I was, I was paranoid. I didn't want him to go through anything that I had experienced. So I was, I think I was a, a rather, uh, I was a, quite a helicopter parent, you know, like I, yeah, anxious, always anxious. And always, I was like, like Iram used to say, let him go, let him take the cycle and go, go to the shop, get the bread, come back. And I was like, fuck, no, 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 no. I don't want him to go. I don't want it. Like simple little things, simple chores, which Iram looked at him becoming independent. I looked at him being uh, open to, yeah, you know, and yeah, Iram, yeah. Used to, Iram used to say like, come on, you know, what's happened? How did you overcome you? that? Did you, did you ever work on that? Did you work no, on I that? No, I think Iram, Iram's, uh, uh, you know, Iram worked on me in a sense that she said, whatever you've been through, not necessarily he'll go through. Yes. You know, so, so she don't helped put you. you dissociate your, your childhood experience mm. from this, this sort of, yep, yep. Yeah, so, so so she said, why are you assuming it's going to happen? I, I think she got irritated, I think, after a point of time. Um, she was like saying, just let him go. You know, so I remember, <laughs> so I remember, I think, uh, the first time I think he went on the cycle, we told him, get some sabzi or something or the other. Ek to hai ki, our roads are so bad. You don't know Correct. which yeah. which ass is going to come with the car or with the bike or, you know, there's khadda, these guys don't follow. So that's one fear which you have, yeah. him on a cycle. The other fear is the human factor, you know. The bad so actors. I, I, I yeah. think, and I, and I can't remember, yeah, the bad actors. You know, I can't remember whether it really happened or it's a manifestation of my imagination. But it probably would have happened. The first time I think he went to get bread or something, I followed him. I walked while he cycled. You know, just to keep an eye whether he's doing it safely, whether he's doing it on the side of the road like we had instructed him to ride. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I, I think I might have done that. It seems a you know a while ago. Right, right. But then I sort of learned to let him go. Yeah. And I saying, okay, go, yeah. go, go. Um yeah, I mean, I think that I find that fascinating, right? We all have our own childhood triggers, which is different mm. shapes and forms. Everyone has had their own share of trauma and, you know, um, bad experiences. And, you know, it manifests in our own parenting. Mm. Right? And uh, and thank God for the partners that we have. They're, they're yeah. able to show us a path, which is a, a possibility that says, you know, you don't mm. bring your own triggers to play because you're only cascading that to yeah, then you're putting your baggage the, onto the kid again correct exactly that's the point you know, i'm making you the only the only time i think we panicked both of us was he had gone much much later i think in class eight or something uh, he had gone out um with a cycle to meet somebody and then he'd gone missing Achha, ek to mm. hai ki we didn't give him a smartphone for a long time we didn't want to yeah. give him a mobile phone for a long time yeah. okay so uh, that was another good or bad or whatever. So he didn't have a mobile phone, I think, at that point of time. And he was missing for like two yeah. hours or something or the other. So we went into complete panic mode. Oh, my God. Saying, you know, where totally is he? Where is he? Where is he? Then he uncle comes back casually, you know. <laughs> where were you? Where were you? So like, oh, I went to meet this friend. I said, but that was not in the plan. 
you said you're going to meet yeah. x they're going to come back you know, yeah. you know yeah. x and y will go to z's house that was not the plan you Correct. know inform us before you go you know us din bahut jhad mila tha solid jhad mila tha usko solid yeah. scolding you know yeah um then yeah. he realized and of course we gave him a phone and yeah. all of that yeah it's a continuous But, learning process between both the children and the parents right um and now he's in germany right imagine how much can you control his life even though part of you must be wondering did he get home did he you know did he is he safe so it's a continuous process of letting go i'm guessing right yeah so we he was okay, so he wants to he wanted to study music um by the yeah. way icse in spite of his thing he like topped he got like 96% or something huh? so which was so like that is incredible huge huge surprise um so uncle was damn happy so did you believe can you believe it i got 96% i said yes i believe it <laughs> <laughs> so so he was very oh. clear he was very clear so when he once he finished his 12th um he was the one who said i want to go abroad and study i was a little again protective you know skeptical you know saying yeah. why don't you go after your college graduation. yeah like yes. do your post graduation yeah. there you're just 17 18 you know it's too young to go live alone and so those were my triggers again right um, of course yeah abandonment issue separation anxieties that anxieties and he was saying no no listen uh dad if i have to go abroad i might as well go now so that i also start getting used to that which made a lot of sense which is fair yeah which absolutely. is fair so he yeah. i mean he got into he applied for some 10 universities and he got into i think 8 or 9 including berkeley he got into berkeley and then uh, my yeah and then we realized that even my two kidneys after selling it i wouldn't be able to afford berkeley <laughs> so so he said okay brother no berkeley i'm so sorry and um, so he went he chose a university in uh, in berlin and um, he decided to go there so the first oh the other thing was before he went he got, enrolled himself in college he told us i want to take a gap year you know right so we said okay take a gap year we said why do you want to take a gap year so he said i want to concentrate on my music i want to do my portfolio and gap year is a very very unusual term in the indian context right like it's very it's more obvious and usual in the western world mm. not in india so how did you react to that no so i knew what he meant and he said mm. he said you know getting and also because i i enrolled myself in jamia doing my masters yeah i needed a portfolio as well to get admission like in in mascom in jamia there are 3000 people yeah. or 6000 people applying for 32 seats so so one's portfolio needs to be strong so i realized why he yes. said it so he said um, to get admission yeah. or scholarship i need to have a portfolio so i want to yeah. concentrate on my first album i want to release my first ep and i want to do so we said fantastic take a break so he he took that gap year and he released he produced his own album he played all the instruments he, he produced his album released it on apple music and spotify and all of that great album 
again like an emotional dad that I might bawled the first time I heard it because uh, it's his work I was getting to hear yeah. his but original because, work yeah yeah and bec- but because I was musically inclined and his love of music comes from Iram and me Iram is a classically trained singer I was in the choir and I sing and all of that so I knew he would like say hey dad listen to this part of the music do you think it's right so he would take pointers but in the end it was his decision because some inputs he would take from me and he said ah, i'm not i'm doing it my way huh? okay okay thanks for the inputs right, right, but right. so he did that he took that gap year and that really helped him i think in each each of the steps that you are telling me the story is right uh, i'm just trying to uh, kind of make some sense of everything here from the lens of you being a dad and you and Iram being parents is how each of these questions could have been responded in a different way right the gap year what do you want to become in life uh you wanting to for him to even even when you were testing him you're also looking at you know could he do something else i think i see a sense of embracing where he is going you embracing his calling his passion and i know it could have been it's not easy i being a dad i can totally imagine even when my 12 year old now says something i always have a doubt right i always like no because the dad in me says i've seen the world i know better than you but at the same time like you know that this is a new child pursuing his new his own world so what role do you want to play right and embracing his perspective and i'm seeing all these through these stories i'm seeing all of this these moments that you had to let go but at the same time you are involved in making an adult who's fully expressing themselves pursuing their own calling and and finding their own passion it, 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 this also comes from my own father my father never pressurized me to do anything as a career choice he just let me be i think i was having a chat with him you know online on a facebook comment somebody had said something oh you must be very proud of him becoming an author or something or you must have encouraged him to becoming an author something my dad said the only thing i ever forced him to do was to attend this school after that it he has done everything on his own so when i look back he has never he's never forced me to do a career when i've told him i want to do arts he says go ahead i want to study english go ahead i want to do my mass comm go ahead he's never said you know oh but udhar paisa nahi hai ya this is a good career that career nothing so i think that's a lesson i took from dad you know sort of yeah and subconsciously uh, that's what subconsciously, he became of you as a father yeah yeah i said i mean let Absolutely. go you know let yeah. him do what he wants to um you know but uh, do in life and yeah. i remember um uh, you know uh, when when he got into germany and all of that the first year was of course um, uh, you know college from home because of the pandemic and then we went to leave him in berlin and uh, again that entire cycle i felt i was back in boarding school you know oh just God. letting him go yeah. was again yeah. i was the child 
I knew exactly yeah. what he was thinking while he was walking away. Yeah. You know, or Even what though he, he was, was what, 20, the, 20, 20 years old? No, no, he was, he was um, oh, 17 or something. 18 and a half, 18, 18, and yeah. 18 plus. Yeah, yeah. As we say in uh, India, 18 running. Huh? Yeah. So he was, eight, yeah. sorry, he was 18 running. <laughs> 18 running. Uh, 18 running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, the other word, the other word, I don't know whether you you sort of uh, remember is, why don't we prepone the meeting? There is no word of yes. prepone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no prepone. It's an Indian invention. No <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We prepone the yeah. meeting. So yeah, okay. So yeah. So when I let him uh, go, I was reliving my trauma of boarding school and abandonment yeah. issues and separation anxiety, all of that. And it took me quite a while to get over that again. Um, and also, that's, he's an only yeah, child. He's an only child, you know. Um, and he's so your only child, he right? He was, yeah. Budget me wahi tha, ekhi tha. So, <laughs> and, uh, so he was, so also our uh, marriage 2001, he's born in 2002. So he was the anchor throughout, right? And he was the constant yep. factor. Suddenly when empty nest happened, we were like, oh, now what do we do? Yep. You know, um, this is all we know so for the entire was, time of our marriage. Yeah, so, yeah, being parent, you know, um, yep. and then suddenly, like, the house felt empty, his room felt empty. Uh, I used to go into his room and, you know, cry. Uh, and then his, like, his his uh, desk has remnants of his class 8 eraser or something yeah. he brought yeah. home. You know, some rubbish he picked up from school, it's still there. You know, and, there, I, yeah. and I haven't thrown it And you away. want to hold on to and, everything. Uh, so I, yeah, I want to hold on to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so again, I was back in that, um, you know, sense. Um, so again, it was tough. And um, yeah. it was tough for him as well. Because he'd never known yeah. anything outside of the house. The only thing was he had, the comfort was he had made the choice himself. Right. Yeah. So he had to kind of own it, as as opposed to being abandoned or sent off. So sent he sort off, of understood yeah, yeah. that, and he grew up, and um, you know, yeah. fabulously, he's grown up now. You know, he's still mama's boy, and he still likes to cuddle. Thank God. I know. Thank God, Thank God he that. loves to cuddle. He's he's twenty. Yeah. I still you know pounce on him, and hold him and yeah. kiss him, and he still loves that. Um, I know I in another it. two three years he'll he'll stop he'll he'll stop my access to that and I just want to keep doing that as 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 long as I have you know you know um, cuddles is something so important. Yeah, I remember coming even until my mom died. You know, that was my best mm. experience to have when I used to go home. Even like in my forties, first thing I would just go is is to cuddle my mom, right, for mm. for five minutes. And all the worries, all the baggage, all the mm. sadness of the world would just go away in that five minutes of cuddle. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure 
Kabir will not let go of their access and you will have that. Yeah, kids become kids become adults so soon. You know, uh, life yeah. is just a blink of an eye for all of us. It is. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and I just remember Kabir being born the other day and thank God we have home videos uh, of him. Correct. You know, and we are watching yeah. him and, you know, he's like become big like that in the snap of a finger. You know, um, yeah, sometimes so when I days feel long, but the years go by really fast, you know. Yeah. And and for parents yeah. who are listening uh, to this, I would say nurture every minute that you have with your children, man. Before you know it, they will be, you know, adults, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. left the house and, you know, gone to follow their own uh, dreams and carve out their own futures. It's so important as yeah. parents to to tell them which i which we tell kabir so kabir uh, once asked me he said what happens if i don't have a career in music because it's so difficult and it's so subjective yeah. and and all of that should i do marketing or should i do something else as a plan b so i told him i mean follow your plan a as give it all you've got be honest yeah. and and be completely truthful to that attempt if not then follow your plan b uh, and always know that we are there you can come back you can stay with us for the rest of your life we wouldn't you mind can come that back home anytime yeah yeah yes. and you want to stay with us for the rest of your life not get married whatever you want to do you're more than welcome you know, there is no hard and fast tool that you have to go out and make a career and be independent and blah, 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 all of that. No. Uh, yeah. You can you can uh, uh, come home, do your podcast and stream live videos like he does. He's a streamer. So do that. Whatever yeah. it is, we are there. That's great. That's, that's a great advice. You know, parents need to ensure that they have that communication with the child. Saying we are there. I think that is the what that is what let the kids have the wings to fly, right? Like 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 birds. Yeah. When yeah. they they try to fly, they know that they come back home. They can come back home to the nest. Yeah, the nest. And is that's there. what helps them fly. Yeah. Yeah, when they get tired, when whatever, they can come back and. We all have our proverbial home in our mind, even though we don't have a mm. home to go back to in our minds. Mm. I have my own proverbial home, you know, when things get really, really dark and heavy. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I go home. Yeah. And I, you know, I try to imagine that I'm going home and I'm taking a pause, taking a breath mm. and then coming back to, to the real life. So I totally, yeah. totally get it. Uh, there's so many amazing moments you have left me with today. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, you're doing this podcast one also um, you gave me a chance to really share my experience and personal stories some of them I have not told anybody uh, but but you are I know you've been you've been a darling and you've been my buddy and everything from 1999 and I felt comfortable sharing it with you I can't imagine listening to some of the stories I know we've talked about it but I'm deeply deeply honored and grateful to you to have found it safe yeah. and comfortable to share these stories. I'm be, sure. Be a friend. The other thing is be a friend. Be a friend to your child. That is so important, no? 
so they feel safe rather than dictating thing yeah thanks abi i absolutely appreciate it thank you so much i'll give you a hug now uh, i do want to give you a hug I you know how i i wish we were together you know when we meet you know you know exactly the way i greet you i slobber your faces with kisses and i hug exactly. you that's exactly. the way yeah absolutely that's so it i, that, I, I exactly you. feel that way so, so that that stays as a as a to be do did done when i come to bombay and uh, yes you be who you are and keep telling your stories keep telling your jokes and uh, keep inspiring us i thank you we are all better off because of your stories and because because of what you share with the rest of the world so thank you thank you so much thank you so much sudeshis friends that's a wrap of this two part conversation with ab as well as the first season of dad sense thank you for going along this journey with me and the six amazing dads who shared their stories with so much generosity, thoughtfulness and vulnerability. I hope you enjoyed listening to their stories, reliving your own moments of parenthood and learning from them as much as I did. I'm deeply grateful for the generosity of your own time and attention on this very important topic of fatherhood. leaving us all with the hope that we never forget what a blessing it is to be a dad to our children how much we mean to them and what a great gift of opportunity we have every day to help our children find their own joy their own path and learn to enjoy the so many gifts of having this precious life until we meet again happy parenting